BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. I've heard the word emergency fund tossed around a lot, and that seems like the nice, boring thing to do with it. So how about that? Hello and welcome to Financials Podcast, Future Rich. I am your host, Barbara Ginty, and I am also a CFP, which stands for a Certified Financial Planner. And I am here today with my guest, Eleanor. Hi, Eleanor. Hi, Barbara. Thanks for joining. This is um, round two because the first time we tried to do this, my internet went down for five hours. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, just one of the fun parts of being a podcaster in your... So, Eleanor, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um where you're based, how old you are, what you do, how much you make, all that fun stuff. Awesome. So I am 23 years old. I'm an electrical engineer at NASA in Huntsville, Alabama. Um, I make about $62,000 a year. It's like 62 and some change. And I'm engaged and getting married this year as well. So I'm engaged to my fiance, who's wonderful, and he makes 82000 a year also in the aerospace industry. So, yeah. Awesome. Wow. Smart cookies. So, actually, fun fact, I didn't realize that... Um... Yeah, but we're also two people trying to figure out personal finance, and that's <laughs> it takes a lot more than smarts to figure out personal finance, I think. It does. They don't really teach it anywhere. That's the hard part about it. It is. It's not like there's like a class on, like, okay, how do we do all this personal finance stuff that you're, you're 100% everybody's in the personal finance game, whether you want to be or not. Yeah, it's like the one thing that connects everyone is we're all trying to figure out how to save money. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, so you're engaged and you're getting married this year? Yes, in December. In December. Okay, awesome. And are you living together now? Um, Yes, we're living in an apartment now. Okay. But we're also buying a house this year. Oh, wow. We're going to get a lot of things out of the way this (laughs) year. Yeah, you know, just just, 2020 was awful. And uh, why not make 2021 dramatic, I guess? (laughs) I like it. Okay. So then how are you doing expenses? Uh, why don't you walk me through a little bit how, what the expenses are like now and what, and when is, when are you moving into the house? When you so the, house? the house is October ish. It's a new construction house. So there's always a chance for delays. And, you know, we, we're used to things being late all the time. It's kind of how engineering works. So we're, we're aiming for October ish. Okay. Yeah, so right now our rent is sixteen hundred. We basically split that down the middle. Um, so on my side, it's eight hundred, and other expenses are eight hundred and fifty for me. And let's see, where did I write that down? Okay, so you pay eight hundred for rent, and then your other expenses, so like cell phone, 
any sort of streaming service, gas, groceries. Yep. Okay. And that comes so then your expenses for the month are sixteen fifty. Yes. Yep. And that's for now. And then what are you bringing in about monthly with your salary? I'm bringing in thirty one hundred dollars and some change. Okay. So we'll, we'll, we like I like round numbers. So we'll use thirty one hundred. Yeah. Okay, so that leaves you with quite a bit left over. And now in the expenses, do you have any student loans or anything? I do, but um, I was one of the lucky ones who graduated in the class of 2020. So I didn't get a graduation ceremony, but I did get forbearance. Um, So I actually, I haven't had to start paying those and they haven't been accruing interest. So they've just kind of been sitting there. Sitting. Okay, and how much do you have a student with your student loans? So in total, I have 25000 and they all have, they're all direct federal. So they're just handled by a loan servicer, but they're all through the federal government. And they all, they have interest rates between like 3.76 up to 5%. Perfect. Okay. And they're just status quo because they're all in forbearance since they're all government. Yeah, I haven't wanted to poke them um, every time because I've thought about, you know, starting payments. I was like, oh, you know, we don't have a house yet. Maybe I'll like get ahead on these. And then it pops up with a warning message that's like, if you take these out of forbearance, interest starts again. And I said, okay, maybe we don't want to poke these yet. Uh, We'll wait till September and see what happens. Um, But I have like simulated, they have a tool that allows you to like calculate out what your payment could be. So the hypothetical payment would be, I think, about $230. And since I work for the federal government, I could be eligible for public service loan forgiveness if I stay with them for 10 years. Perfect. Okay. And so is that your income-based repayment then would be the $230? Yes, that's the income-based repayment plan. Yep. And then after 10 years, it would be forgiven with no tax? Yeah, they'll forgive, I think, about 5000 of it. And... If I wanted to pay the least amount of money, like over the life of the loans, there was another version of it, but I pay way more per month, but they get paid off in like three years. And I was like, holy cow, that's insane. Um, Because I didn't think they'd only be three years worth of uh, payments. I was expecting 10 years and I was like, I don't know if I want to pay $600 a month for this, but it might be worth it. Well, if you can, so you would only qualify for 5000 of it to be forgiven. Usually with the public loan, public service loan forgiveness program, you can have it all forgiven. You just make your income-based repayment, um, whatever that set number is to, yeah. for years. And then the entire amount usually is forgiven. Yep. And so that's that's what the um, the amount left would be, is 5000 and some change. Um, because if I'm paying 230 a month, which was the income-based number, um, and right. I do that for 10 years. The only thing left is 5000 And then that it. would be forgiven. Okay. So it's not capped at 5000 Yeah. Okay. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah. Straight. All that was left would be, yeah. Would be the 5000 Yeah. I know 5000 is like a really weirdly nice number. Um. So yeah, you do the, and do you think, and it's hard to know, right? But do you think you would be there for 10 years? I, I think so. I really, I enjoy my job and it's a cool place to be. So I, I think it's a... It works out. When you work in the um, federal government, you do take a little bit of a pay cut. That's why mm-hmm. my fiance makes like some, like $20,000 more than me, even though we're in the same industry. Uh, it's because the federal government pays lower, but you're also paying for stability and really great benefits. So you have good benefits. Because what would it be, I would imagine, what would the payment be if you were just going to pay it off in 10 years and not do the income-based repayment? Would it be closer to four or 500 a month? 
No. So that's where it gets almost weird. Um, if I did, there's one where it steps up with like the projected increase of your salary yep. and I'd be paying like four to 500, but they'd be gone in three years. They, it was quoting that they'd be done in, um, no, maybe it was five years. It was 2026. Yeah. 2026, five years. It makes more sense. Cause if you're paying 400 a month, that's like 4,800 a year. In times, let's say six years, that would be twenty eight thousand eight hundred. Yes, and that was also the way that I'd end up paying the least amount of money because even though I will have money forgiven through public service loan forgiveness, the amount that I pay over the ten years is just like the least. It's amount. like four hundred dollars more than if I just paid them off in five. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I think that's something to consider if you think you're going to stay there. Well, we can let, let's talk about your budget first because we have a lot going on with the house and the wedding. Um, but if you think, and you remember, you have to make sure you uh, file the paperwork and stay on top of the public service loan forgiveness program because it's one of the harder ones to get pushed through in terms of the paperwork. And then we can see once we see where your budget is, whether or not you want to pursue that or just get it paid <laughs> off in 10. If, if you're definitely going to stay, I think it's worth doing the public loan forgiveness program, just being on top of it. I believe you then have to make sure they're all administered by um, Fed loan. Yeah, that's and that's who I'm through is Fed loan. So. Perfect. Okay. Yep. So then that should be fine um, because then that allows you to pay the least amount monthly and then have that balance forgiven after 10 years. Yeah. And that's where it was like, I know you technically I'd pay less in like quotation marks if I paid $400 a month and got them done faster, but $400 a month also just feels like a lot more money right now starting out. So, Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. So right now, so then once this, if you were in the IBR, your payment in the future, you know, probably around the time, if you, if you get into the house on time, will be about two thirty a month. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And then, so let's talk about your future, um, you know, since we're future rich, let's talk about your future, yeah. <laughs> budget, because this is a big change to go from, you know, living in an apartment into a house. So it's a uh, new build. So you've already purchased it, correct? Well, we've done the earnest money and we know what the final purchase price is going to be, but it's being built right now. So we can't, you cannot sign a mortgage for something that does not exist. Uh, fun fact. <laughs> okay. So you put, how much did you put down for earnest money? 5,000. Perfect. And then what do they say the, um, co- the, it's going to be. The purchase price is going to be about three seventy six, but you can round up to, I don't how, I don't know how round of a number you want for that. Um, <laughs> that's okay. So three three seventy six is going to be your purchase price. And then will they subtract the earnest money from that? Yes, kind of. This is a question that we had a lot um, like five years ago, not five years, five months. It feels like five years. Um, So I think what ends up happening with the earnest money is it's, I think it's being held in escrow right now is the term for it. And it will be released back to us and it will kind of count towards as part of the down payment. Okay, perfect. And then what are you putting down on the property it's about seventeen thousand so plus and then with the additional five thousand so twenty two thousand total and maybe more that's just kind of the bare minimum of what we're projecting right now but we've also started like trying to put more away but we'll definitely be in the realm of pmi if we go with a conventional loan right um, yeah from that's a conventional like five, lender that's a five to six percent down payment um yeah to have pmi and then are you looking what type of mortgage are you looking at or what do you pre-approve for 
so yeah, I think we're pre-approved up to like 385. We we tried to give us a buffer because okay. new construction um, and lumber is ridiculous. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> now. Thankfully, they lock you in when you sign your contract. So there are no like, surprise, it costs $30,000 more. So, you know, make that happen. Um, so we, we signed for a specific price. Um, so we did run the calculations with the mortgage we were pre-approved for and the property taxes here and utilities and insurance and PMI. And all that comes out to $1,250 a month for each of us. So like $2,500 per month for the whole shipping. For the whole shipping. Okay, great. And did you, what was your interest or, well, you didn't lock in the interest rate, right? Cause no, we couldn't lock it in. So when we were doing our projections, we put it at four, um, okay. just, just in case, just to be on the high side. That way there are no surprises. We're really trying not to be too surprised this year, but it's a surprising year. So, <laughs> well, that's good. I think four was a good number because hopefully you can get it in a little lower and then that saves you a little bit. It's a happy surprise. A happy surprise. Yeah. Good surprise. Um, okay, so twelve fifty each. Okay, so then that's going to bring your expenses up quite a bit from where you were. Yes, it will. <laughs> but to be fair, um, that's okay. the the rent, the other expenses accounted for like some of the things like utilities and renters insurance. Yep. So it's that will go like yeah. It's, it's yeah, it's not a perfect comparison. So like my other expenses technically will drop a little bit, and the rent will go up a little bit. Yeah, it, I should <laughs> I should have given you a clean number. Nope. I didn't write down the clean number. So if we do twelve fifty will be your share, and then let's just say your expenses then are eight hundred because you're not paying renters insurance. Um, and you, did you you said you included utilities in the twelve fifty? No, it's PMI I, insurance. It's it's everything. It's um, PMI, interest, utility, or sorry, the principal interest, utilities, insurance, taxes, and PMI. Okay. So it should be everything. Okay. So then let's assume that your 850 number goes down by 100. So 1250 plus 750. So let's say you need 32. Does that make sense? 50. Well, let's hope it goes down to 3100 because that's what you're bringing in. Yeah. And then we still have uh, the loan payment. So, so one of the things we did talk about since we do have like disparate incomes right now, um, is doing a percentage mortgage where like, because right now it's 75, I'm trying to figure out how to word this, but I make, I make three quarters of what my fiance makes. Correct. So I would cover three quarters of the mortgage. Or you, yeah, you would, you, you're, you wouldn't do 1250. So he would pay a bit more and you'd pay a bit less to offset the fact that you have less income than he does yes that's one of the things we've talked about doing um and i've got the numbers for that let me pull up the spreadsheet okay perfect because it does seem like depending on how much your 850 monthly expenses go because that's not including the 230 dollars student loan payment yeah it seems like the the math doesn't add yeah the math isn't adding up great i do think it's a great idea to buy a house your interest rates are low you won't waste money on rent. So I do think it's a good idea. We just have to see how we can get the the numbers to work so that you can swing, you know, the, the higher payment and still cover the student loan payment you have coming up and, you know, be even monthly. And then I had another question. With- and be able to eat. Yeah, eating great. is important. I hope food was included in that 800. <laughs> um, in your... In- it is, yeah. It is, okay. So let's just say in your 3,100 that you're bringing home, monthly for your pay does that include any work retirement contribution it does um i'm contributing seven percent right now and that's with a four percent 
or four and a half percent match to the TSP. Perfect. Okay, great. So then we're already so good for my, that. So we're doing retirement. So that's fantastic. And then do you have any other savings? Um, yeah, I have an emergency fund. Um, I built that up over like the past five months. I've just been dumping money into a fund. So I've got, I think, $10,000 in an emergency fund. Perfect. Okay, that's fantastic. I'd like to hear that, especially with the home purchase. Um, yeah, I, I would not be buying a home if I did not have an emergency fund. I remember my parents stressing out in 2008 about their mortgage payment and I think it scarred me. So, <laughs> Hey, it's good. I was, I've been like scared <laughs> to learn by seeing it and not doing it yourself. Okay. So let's see what, what did you guys also talk about if you were going to split the mortgage, um, based on income? So if we split it based on income, my portion of it drops down to 947. Let me make sure. Okay. Yeah. That's with everything. So okay. utilities, this, the same amount of stuff included 947. Okay. So that number seems a lot better because then with 947 plus, let's just assume the 850 of your, you know, food, gas, living expenses goes down by a hundred dollars because no utilities, no renters insurance. So we add 750 to the 947 plus your $230 student loan payment, that brings in, that brings you to 1927. It get, it's puts you closer to where you were with your rent payment, right? Cause it, yeah. we just, we're increasing what you were before, which was 1650, you know, adding the student loan payment to that, that's, you know, basically 1900. So that I think yeah. is more reasonable. Yeah, it doesn't it makes the numbers positive, not negative, yeah. which is always a win. Um. <laughs> always a win when you're doing it that way. Yeah, so I think that number feels a lot more comfortable. Yeah, even if your expenses the eight fifty stayed the same with nine, we'll just say nine fifty being your contribution to the house, eight fifty being your expenses, and then two thirty being your student loan payment. That brings you to just a little over two thousand a month. So then that gives you some wiggle room you know, yeah. versus, and we like wiggle room's good. Wiggle room is great. And then what you could do, oh, I'm sorry. I did your numbers wrong. So 1250, I was wondering why I was like, this isn't making sense. 1250 is your more, would be your mortgage. 850, let's just assume are your expenses plus 230 would be 2000. We'll just call it $350. So that's if we did half and half, right? Yep. You did half and half and you're bringing in 3,100 a month, right? Yes. So it's not nearly the nuclear option. Okay. I was, yeah. I got a little scared for well, a second sorry, when you were like, that's your entire income. And I was like, what? Oh no. 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 <laughs> that one you could also do obviously that difference of basically $300. You then would have 700, we'll just say $770 left monthly. So you can do it, but it, it just depends on what's comfortable for you and your fiance or future, future husband, how you yeah. want to split it up. Because obviously, if you pay a little bit less, because your income is less, because you're about twenty thousand or exactly twenty thousand apart on income, then you have more wiggle room to, you know, do a Roth IRA or to up your emergency fund. And the other elephant in the room that we haven't discussed is um, the wedding. Is that? <laughs> 
So thankfully, it's not a massive elephant. Um, we have family friends who run a restaurant who are going to let us get married there. So the venue and the food costs are covered. Oh, um, my, my parents volunteered to pay for that. And since we're getting it at cost without a massive markup, it's much easier to breathe than if we were trying to host a massive wedding uh, at a very expensive place. So Perfect. it's not terrible um and the i think the only thing that we're really on the hook for is going to be like the miscellaneous items like invitations um flowers but my fiance's family has also said like hey we'd love to help out so um yeah it's it's not going to be too bad so the way we're splitting it up right now because we're we're moving into a house and (laughs) the house is much bigger than the apartment uh and all this, all this stuff we have in the apartments, like, you know, we've carried it from college. So some of it is seeing the end of its life. Um, <laughs> so we know we're going to have to buy some furniture for the house. So what we're doing right now is um, rather than trying to juggle like a pie chart of contributions for both of us, um, my fiance is contributing to like a furniture fund for the right. house and I'm covering wedding expenses. Perfect. Okay. So then I would say, cause we have a little bit before we get to the wedding and he's going to do the furniture and you obviously have a really reasonable budget right now with your, you know, 800 for the rent and 850 for your expenses versus what you're bringing in. So is that the difference every month? Are you just setting that aside? Yeah. So I've been putting $500 from every paycheck into my emergency fund. Um, but when do I stop? Um, (laughs) everyone says an emergency fund's great and it's I have it in like a high yield savings account and like that's great and all um but at what point do we have enough emergency Um, now does your husband or future husband have one too does he have his own he he does he has 15,000 in emergency fund we both graduated and said like okay he actually he graduated a year before me so um he was like what do I do with money and I was like I've heard the word emergency fund tossed around a lot and that seems like the nice boring thing to do with it so how about that um (laughs) so he started his and then um as soon as I graduated I was like all right time to start putting money in a random savings account just in case the world falls apart and would you look at that which it did it did uh yeah (laughs) emergency fund is super important it'll be even more important when you own a house the nice thing is you're doing new construction so hopefully there aren't any major issues like when you buy something you know like the furnace could go or the hot water heater or the hvac so everything is new so you hopefully shouldn't run into too many problems that being said i always skew on having a little bit more in an emergency fund when you own a home because all that responsibility is on you so i would say and i would imagine of your 850 of living expenses some of those could be cut back on if you know god forbid you lost your job yeah so yeah like we do we do like the meal delivery kit okay stuff so like we could definitely spend less if we needed to so i would say you know, six months is a good number and you're almost there. So I would shoot for 12,000. Um, mainly just having a little bit more of a buffer. Cause that would be six months, six months at, at, um, like 2000 a month for costs, assuming you're paying the 1250, which, you know, maybe that will be switched around to be 950, but I think 12,000 would be a good number as a homeowner. Um, and since, 
the, and the other thing you need to consider now with this mortgage payment is if God forbid anything happened to your future husband, um, how would you handle the mortgage payment? Are you guys getting insu- life insurance on each other? I don't think we have thought about that yet. Oh, okay. So because it seems like if you do it 50-50 or, you know, 40-60 or however you decide to end up splitting it, um, it's a it's a big number for everything if you had to carry that on your own, right, with the 3100 coming in if you had to carry the full amount. Yeah. So one thing you can consider um, – Obviously, if something happened for him, you could always do a roommate or something like that. But obviously, one other way to prevent kind of a second tragedy, right? Obviously, losing a spouse would be a tragedy. But preventing a financial issue would be you could each have term insurance on each other, which is temporary cheap insurance, and you could get it. And if you're going to get it, I would say get it for a little bit more than whatever the mortgage is so that you could keep that term insurance for the next 30 years and it would cover whatever your needs are for that time frame. But then that way, God forbid, if anything happened to either one of you, you could keep the house. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense, especially because even if we even if one of us did have to sell it, like apartment rent is only going up too. So we're, we're very used to like having two people to cover everything, which has been nice. Which is great. Yeah. And then that way you don't ever have to worry about it because the last thing you want to do is lose a spouse and then have to put the house up for sale immediately in order to cover, you know, to, to yeah. fall behind on it. And term insurance is really affordable, like a 30 year old and you're not even 30. So you're going to be under 25. So it should be super cheap. But a 30-year-old, you can get, I think it's a million dollars for a hundred dollars a month. Okay. So you could look at it and they do it online, but I would do what's called level term or consider doing level term. Sometimes the banks will actually have you take out uh, declining term insurance, meaning that they take it out for the amount of the mortgage and on each of you. And so as you pay off the mortgage, you have less insurance to protect them. Okay. So I would I would look at level term, um, at least for the period of the mortgage. Just so that if God forbid something happened, you know, the the house could get paid off and then that wouldn't be a worry. Yeah. Yeah. And it might even be, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. It might even be less than, I, that was a million. You could do 500,000. It might only be 50 bucks a month or 40 bucks a month or something. Yeah. It sounds, we'll have to go to a website and start yeah. plugging in numbers. Yeah, I'm sure that's like, that's the story of everything. It's like, oh, you want a mortgage? Go estimate it. Yeah. So that's one thing. That's definitely one thing I would consider. That's the only like big thing I'm seeing is just with getting into the mortgage and just starting out your careers. That could be, if God forbid something happened to one of you, that would be tricky. Yeah, for sure. And then so once you get the emergency fund up to, and obviously no one likes to do life insurance, right? But you just do it. <laughs> it's hard to think about I when know. you're 20. I know. You're like... What 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 could happen, right? Um, I know I got my first policy firm insurance at twenty eight, and I had just bought the business, and somebody was like, "What's your succession plan?" I was like, "I am the succession plan. Like I purchased the business." <laughs> and they're like, "Well, what if you get hit by a car tomorrow?" And I'm like, "Well, that's statistically unlikely." And they're like, "It is statistically unlikely, but like this is what you do for a living now. Like <laughs> just like hope it works out." And I was like, "Oh, so." Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> it's statistically unlikely, but God forbid. And then you do it once and you're done in in 30 years, uh, you probably won't even need to have it because we'll make sure you do a good job saving. So yeah, look online for that. And then 
I would do the emergency fund up to 12,000, which you, it sounds like you'll be there in about a month. If you're doing five or two months, you'll be doing 500 pay periods. So you'll have $2,000 in the next um, four pay periods. And then from there, are you going to be putting some more money away for the house and the wedding expenses then? Yeah, that's kind of the idea okay. is just to take whatever's left over and push it into an account and just, it's not an emergency fund. So just be ready to spend it. Yeah, for exactly. wedding. It's, yeah, it's really tough when you put money aside in a savings account, especially when you've been saving up for an emergency fund. It feels almost wrong to like spend it. Um, That's a great but, point. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> You're like, well, it's everything just you, you just keep putting it away and putting it away and you kind of hoard it. So yeah, that's the plan is to just take and like... I guess so when it reaches 12,000, am I like done yeah. with the emergency You're fund? Done. You're done for now. If you guys have kids down the road, you might want to bulk it up a little bit more. But at that point, like you both have, you know, between the two of you, if he has 15 and you have 12, you have a good amount of money and cash available for emergencies. So, yeah. Okay. So then I can just take whatever contributions I was making to that and start dumping it towards houses and weddings and other large expensive things we decide to buy. Um, and then I, would, <laughs> I don't know what else is on the list. I would even consider maybe doing a Roth too when you get done with the wedding because you're going to have that extra cash flow that you're used to saving. You could consider doing maybe like 300 a month Ooh, a Roth. That was, that was one of my questions. Is it better to bump up my TSP contribution or to start a Roth? So there is no perfect answer to that. It depends on who you talk to. I think because you can afford it right now where you have that wiggle room because you, depending on how you split this up, you'll still have extra money monthly, especially once you get through the wedding and getting into the house. I would, and especially if you end up doing 950 for your contribution, you're already putting in um, 11 and a half into your TSP. So that's a good contribution amount. And then if we added a Roth to it, we could get your savings ratio up a little bit higher. So let's just say, yeah, we could get your savings ratio up another 3% by doing a Roth. Okay, cool. Then you, that. then you have both, or maybe even a little bit more, but then you have a really high savings ratio, which if you've, you know, I'm sure you've listened to the pods and other people have listened to the pods. I'm a big advocate for front loading your retirement and putting as much away in retirement in your 20s as you can, because- my attitude is, you know, you're not at the highest. Yeah, because you have another 10-year cycle. Yep, exactly. I've heard that and you're a not, lot. <laughs> you're not in the, you know, like everybody's just starting out. So everyone's kind of in the same boat. You also were just out of college. So you're used to like living on less. So rather than increasing your lifestyle now that you have a job and you're making more, kind of keep that like college mentality and sock away a ton of money. I mean, it literally makes a huge difference, a huge. Yeah, that's that's actually what I did because I so I started out as an intern um, with the government and I was getting paid like thirty two thousand. So when I made when I got well, first of all, when I got up to being paid full time once I graduated, um, we changed the rent ratio because I was paying less on rent okay. because I was making like half of what my fiance was making. And I was like, please, $800 yes. a month is like murder. Um, <laughs> so that's why we're used to, we've done the income based like mortgage slash rent payments before, but I got another promotion recently and I just, it was like maybe $5,000 a year, but I just took all that money and I upped my retirement. Amazing. Um, Cause I, 
it was like, I think you said it in a podcast that like when you get those little itty bitty incremental raises, you wouldn't really notice they're there. So you definitely wouldn't notice if they weren't there. And that has been my experience with it. Um, I have not missed the $60 or so. So that's perfect. So yeah, and keep doing that. And if you the more like, you know, I was super extreme, I think I saved like, I don't know, 30% of my income or something crazy. Because I was like, I'm already going to be broke. Like it it's not like I might as well be you'll be future rich yeah exactly and so roll credits (laughs) (laughs) so what I would do is I if I were you because you can afford it like you have the wiggle wiggle room in your budget where you can do the Roth you don't have to have it all be pre-tax I would do I think I was just gonna say if you did like 200 bucks a month in the Roth that would work out to be about 2,500 a year and that gets your savings ratio up to 15 percent okay yeah. So I would do that. And then you're already in a house, which is a huge advantage, you know, that you're going to be not paying rent and you're going to be, you know, building equity on a property and you already have the emergency fund. And then I would do the public loan um, forgiveness. So then that way that allows you, rather than making a $400 a month payment for a student loan, you're paying 230 and the other 200 is going into a Roth. Yeah. And it's, it's making money instead of, yes. yeah. Cause that's the other thing. My, my, um, I did think about that because my loan interest rates are relatively low. So it doesn't make sense necessarily to dump a, a bunch of money into them if that money could make more money yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. And you don't have an incredible amount, thank God. So I think you're better off and you, you work for the government. And so I would take advantage of that program. And then rather than making that higher monthly payment, I would split, you know, allocate it as if you had that 400, but the other, the rest of it goes into a Roth. Cool. Yeah, that sounds good. Oh, and the only other thing that could throw an entire wrench into this is like my 10 year old car. Um, But so far we're kicking. So we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to jinx it. Yeah. And then worst case, what you could do is you could pull a little bit out of the emergency fund to put money down on it and then replace. Yeah. Because it would be a true emergency. It would be be, because you have to get to work. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I think 2020 was really, really nice to my car. Um, And now that I'm having to drive it again, it's a little annoyed at me. But that's okay. We're doing good. It's still kicking. Fingers crossed on that one. But yeah, that would be my plan. Get the emergency fund up a little bit higher, especially considering you might have to get a car and then focus on the wedding in the house. And then after that, I would add a Roth in. So we get okay. retirement savings ratio up um, with the match like to 15%. And then, yeah, I would sock money away while you're in your 20s. It was like the best thing I ever did. That is my goal. Perfect. So that's, that's, what we're, that's what we're aiming for. And we're just trying not to do too many large financial moves in one year. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll definitely have to have you back on in a year because it'll be interesting to see where you are after you get the house, the wedding. It's a lot of things. Yeah, I'll be I'll be interested to see where I am in a year. Um. <laughs> well, Eleanor, thank you so much for coming on. It was great to have you. Thank you for having me. This has been it's been really helpful just to to have a plan for what's going to happen in the next twelve months because a lot's going to happen. Yeah, this is a busy year for you. Yeah. Well, so for all of our lovely listeners, you can find our most up to date news on our Instagram. Future Rich Podcast, or on our website, www.futurerichpodcast.com. And uh, our classes are still free, and they are in partnership with SUNY Ulster, which can be found on our website. Thanks for listening. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.